Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at this in detail. Uh, we looked at last week in Psalm 19 that the line has gone out of the Word of God and uh, the sounds. And we're going to look at this. I think it's very interesting. The context of this is the nation of Israel trying to obtain righteousness uh, by the works of the law. And then uh, Paul was under conviction, had a heavy burden that they might be saved. So let's look uh, beginning in verse 16. Romans chapter 10, verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily. Their sound went out into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. So if you look back at verse 18, But I say, Have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. Let's pray. Father, we ask uh, for your mercy that you bless the study. We yield your spirit. We pray that he'd lead and guide us as to what to say and how to say it, and that thou wouldst open our heart and our understanding that we could uh, understand this truth that thou art a just and equitable God that all men who've ever lived or will live have the opportunity to be saved because the sound has gone out and the word to the end of the world. Help us to put aside preconceived notion and simply allow the word to interpret itself. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Their sound went into all the earth. John the Baptist said that he was just a voice crying in the wilderness. And very important that we understand, uh, you know, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that a lot of times we, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I would say, what good could I do? How could I help? All I could do is just say a few words. But that is the difference between life and death. And so the words go out, and notice it's a sound. And this is what we want to look at. But the Bible says somehow Israel has already heard, and they are without excuse, and all the Gentiles have already heard, the grace of God hath, past tense, um, appeared to all men everywhere. And so it's so close, it says 
that it's nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And uh, that if you would believe in your heart, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that God hath raised him from the dead. If you'd believe that, and if you'd call on the Lord after you believe in him, uh, thou shalt be saved. So Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's right there. Um, and there is no excuse. The secret things belong unto the Lord. We don't understand all this, but there is a line gone out. The sound has gone forth and the word is still there. And so all men are without excuse and God still reaches forth his hands to Israel, they will not come. So he has turned to a nation greater for the time. Uh, now, uh, the English-speaking world with the old King James, and we have been committed the gospel to our trust, and we're to keep letting the word go out, the sound going out, and the line uh, has gone out, it's going out tonight, and it'll keep going out uh, as long as the, the Lord um, wills it. So, let's just give you an overview of this chapter. Very, very significant in New Testament doctrine. Very, very important. So let's look at verse 1 of uh, Romans 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel, that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And then verse 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And uh, Moses he laid down the law. He was, the law came by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. But Israel wanted to continue in the law. The ceremonies, the rituals, the rites, the feast days, uh, the sacrifices, all these types of things. And they were ignorant of the righteousness of God, which cometh how? By faith. All you've got to do Hear the word, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the question then arise, uh, arose, well, have they heard? He said, yes, because the line's gone out, the sound is still there, and all they have to do is believe with their heart and confess with their mouth. Now what happens is, in the easy believe it, uh, day in which we live, which some things controversial, I, I don't at all, but there's a lot of people call on the Lord in whom they have not believed. And so we'll look at this. You have, you call on whom you believe that the preacher preached that was sent by God. Therefore, he has beautiful feet because he obeyed and preached the gospel. But you can't truly call on the one in whom you have not believed. And so a lot of times we get ahead and tell people to call when we ought to be telling them to believe. And if you believe, you will call. If it's in your heart, if it's nigh in thy mouth, you will call if you believe. 
So I think in, in soul winning, that's an important lesson. Uh, we need to be very, very careful. So Israel then is nationally is not righteous before God during this dispensation. And some would think it's a great mystery. It's so difficult for Israel to believe on Christ. How will they hear? How will they uh, know to receive Christ? And a lot of people try to make this very, very difficult. But look what it says in verse 6 and 7. It says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall ascend into the deep? That is to bring Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. So the line is gone out. It's still gone out. The sound is still there, whether we realize it or not or want to admit it or not. And it's in the heart of Israel. It's in the mouth. But they have to believe, then call. And they won't do it. Uh, one of the saddest verses in the Bible says, They would not come unto me. They would not come. They would not use free will to come to Christ. So, that word is in their mouth. Think of that. It's in their heart. You know, a lot of people, they uh, say, they, they want to ask Jesus into their heart. No, you better believe on Him. There's, there's a different believe, then you will call. So, faith cometh how? By hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. How is the world going to hear? The line's gone out. It's, it's already there. They've already heard it. They may not, obviously, realize it in real time, but they won't believe, so therefore, they won't call. Therefore, they won't have faith, and they won't receive the gift of God, which is eternal life, through simple faith. By the grace of God, they will not believe and come uh, unto Him. So, look at, uh, let's read this. These are very famous verses. So look at verse 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach? except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring uh, glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, Verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. So this uh, line, I want to review this once again before we proceed. The sound waves in the air um, are longitudinal. 
That means horizontal. They go around the earth horizontally, not vertical. It's not a latitude, it's of longitude. And this is the direction that sound waves move. So these longitudinal waves travel in, uh, they call it an elastic medium in a form of compression. So these sound waves can, can be compressed. Then there's the, uh, a change happens. When you compress it, the volume is changed and it actually has the uh, nature of elasticity to the sound and the sound waves. And so since air is completely elastic medium, it, it doesn't uh, have rigidity. It's not rigid and hard as its nature. It's very elastic. And so the sound waves in the air are longitudinal. And that means air is a medium because it has no, they call it a modulus of rigidity, but it's a medium just like uh, copper is a conductor of electricity air is a conductor of sound and it reverberates and it can be compressed and it can also um, expand so it's in the same direction as it goes horizontally or it can go that way so when when the word goes out and the sound is made it can go all the way that way around the world all the way that way around uh, the, the, the world. And so the vibrations in the pressure of the air, uh, it's called a particle of displacement, and then it has a velocity that will be propagated only in an elastic medium. It cannot be a rigid, uh, stiff medium, but it has to be uh, elastic. So, the sound has gone out. You know, I, I can't explain it. All the great sermons ever preached are still out there. All the lessons your mom and dad taught you when a little kid, they're still out there. All the Sunday school lessons you heard from the time you were born till now, they're still out there. Every time the Word of God has been read verbally, it's still out there. Every time somebody's talked about this book and quoted this verse and memorized this book, verbalized the book, it's still out there. So the best illustration of this is music. And music and, and songs, is a, it's a sound, but it, it's so spiritual because in this elastic medium of air which the sound waves travel they are compressed and reverberate then they expand it's so important that it's sad many of god's people if they are god's people just don't get it they have the wrong type of music the wrong type of songs you know and we need to get back to the old timey uh, i'm not saying we got away from it but we need to re-emphasize the old-timey invitation songs. You know, just as I am, I surrender all. Lord, I'm coming home. We need to, to end, because if we don't, these children growing up, they're never going to know the great hymns of the faith. They're never going to understand 
uh, the, the, the vibration, the songs, the hymns, the spiritual songs that God has used by sovereign providence to grow the New Testament church, to get us where we're at. And we're not supposed to forsake the traditions or of our elders. We're supposed to be true to them. Now, here's the interesting thing. The world has made many clinical studies about this. They know much more about this than the average preacher. But they've done a lot of studies. And basically, they categorize into two types, classical or unclassical. That's pretty much it. There's other, they, I think they say there's four types of music, I'm not sure. But basically, you have classical, which is true to the note, no unlawful notes. And, and notice, the more worldly a song is, they use unlawful notes. They take liberties. They call it artistic freedom. What it is, it's a bad sound. Very unorthodox, but now sad to say, the new natural is unnatural, but it's not right. So you'll hear this when, you know, you'll hear like the, uh, the Irish policeman sing the national anthem. It's, he's right on every note. And then you'll hear another type of person who just, you know, they're all over, uh, they're, they're all over the place and they're, they're using unlawful notes. You know, you're supposed to sing the note and have the rhythm and the timing of a classic because classical music and the right type of sound calms the human heart, gives us a, a right spirit, and it is in tune with the heartbeat and all the neurological systems, the autonomic system of the human body, all the organs of the body, and they studied this, and they said that the right type uh, brings social bonding, and they call it a hormone oxytoxin. Boy, that's a big, I'm just reading this big word. But it's a hormone oxytoxin. And it also builds your immune system, which some of us ought to be listening to the right type music, a lot of it, and the word going out. So they, they say it boosts it, and uh, it's called an antibody immunoglobulin. Take that. Uh, yeah, antibody uh, uh, immunoglobulin. Uh, it builds, it, it does something good for you. The Word of God does something good for you. Amen. And the songs do something good for you. And the right type of music, it's also been proven to reduce levels of stress and the hormone cortisol. And this is all proven in laboratories, clinical studies. This is what the world knows. And it's, it's really amazing. Here, here's one of the studies they did. They took 144 human beings and they made them listen to 15 minutes of rock music. And a lot of people are bringing Christian rock into the church. They got one foot in the world, one foot in the church. What was the old song? The, the, the church is so worldly and the world is so churchy. Can't, can't hardly tell the difference anymore. Uh, we're supposed to be a separated, called out people. But the rock music, they, they found in clinical studies, it increases hostility 
it magnifies gloom, doom, and sadness, um, and it takes away people's energy. It brings them fatigue and or could give more tension and anxiety, and it reduces the ability to truly care about other people and the world, and this is all out there. Uh, you know, I remember when I first got saved, I read a book about rock and roll, how it's the opposite of your heartbeat, and it'll drive you crazy. And, you know, people have literally died at rock concerts where the beat was off with the human heart and the, the uh, autonomic nervous system and have had nervous breakdowns, literally went crazy, uh, went into utter depression or mania, and some have even uh, died. You know, listen to this, and, and I don't like these people, but it's sad that they're smarter than most Christians. Charles Darwin surmised that beats, tones, and cadences of music supersedes language every time. And it does. Uh, what is they call music? The language of the world. It unifies the people. I remember when I was a kid, they came out with this uh, Antichrist, One World song. Might have been Pepsi Cola for all I We are the people. I don't remember that. Shows how I'm old. We are, and all these different people and, and how it brings the whole world together. We can uh, overlook our differences. And he knew this way back. This is all through clinical studies. But see, they think man is the highest animal, not man created in the image of God. But isn't it amazing that music can cause a human to just start gyrating? And they lose control. And they, they start uh, like prancing and then just wiggling and tapping and jerking. And they can't even control themselves. And what's so sad is that dancing is a justified control of music. It's the music controlling that person. They have forfeited the right of control of their own body because these cadences, the beats, uh, the compression, the expansion, it influences the spirit of the mind, the heartbeat, the kidneys, especially the liver, which cleans your blood and tonifies the blood, and your spleen, which governs your blood in your body and all the functions of your body, and they've lost control. You know, and, and you look back in the good old days when Elvis came out, and, and anybody with common sense was against it. And when the Beatles came over here, the mop heads and ruined America. And they, they worshiped these, uh, I never understood why they worshiped those people. But, uh, and they called him Elvis the what? Pelvis. And he did disgusting, immoral things. Uh, before the whole world and it sickened those who knew what it was but where are we at now we have less morals more murder more 
adultery, more fornication, more crime, jails are full, courts are backlogged, prisons are full. A large part of this is in due to wicked music. And they have allowed it, they've not only that, promoted it because there's a higher agenda or it's a lower agenda. They're, they want to undermine the character and the morals and ethics of the people. So in, in a worldly studio, they did these tests. And if, if they had classical music, it improved the memory, it gave better coordination, hand-eye coordination, mind-body, and mental development. They reached the conclusion it can improve your mood, it can give you better peace, uh, and help your IQ, and it can motivate you and help you concentrate. The right type of music. Um, Plato said, going way back, and I know he was just a philosopher, but he said the kind of music a child listens to will determine the balance of their soul. I mean, they've known this. Aristotle said, if one listens to the wrong kind of music, he will become the wrong type of person. They've known this for thousands of years. What is the reason? Because sound vibrations act upon the nervous system of the body and it shocks the organs of the body and gives uh, a rhythmic, rhythmical uh, sequence to the muscles. And it's really funny how people think it's cute, but they'll bob their head, they'll sway, they'll start doing all sorts of unseemly things, they'll snap their fingers, they'll tap, they'll start gyrating, and some will get possessed by a snake. Your body will do all that weird looking stuff. And then you got the other guy who has two left feet. <laughs> Life's not fair. Uh, but evil music can cause an artificial neurosis, which has a negative effect on the autonomic nervous system. You remember when Charles Mountain, uh, Manson came out with Helter Skelter? And I'm not going to give you all the details of that, but music had a part in that. Uh, you ought to watch this sometime. They sold their souls for rock and roll. It's unbelievable when they do deals and make contracts to sell their, their eternal never dying soul so that they can um, be expert and skilled in music and get rich and uh, have a lot of power and influence um, on the world. They did a experiment with 12 mice Group A, they divided it. No, there was 12 in each group. They didn't listen to any music at all. The next group, they had harmonic classical music. In the next group, they listened to disharmonic, unclassical, wicked beat music. And uh, for two months, well, that would be torturous, wouldn't it? to be forced to listen to wicked music for two months. But this is what they did. The neurons of groups A and B were the same. Why? One group didn't listen to any music. The other group listened to the right kind of music. But group C, 
they were so depraved and degraded that they could not any longer run the maze. They couldn't find their way out of the maze. They couldn't run the wheel, you know, like the hamster on the wheel. They didn't know how. And it says they became hyperactive, aggressive, and cannibalistic. They started attacking the other mice and trying to eat their bodies. And what, what caused this to happen? It was the vibration of the sound that went out that compresses and expands that attacks the neurological system. And it shocks, literally, the uh, organs of the body. Uh, you know, somebody uh, was saying, it's really good to go fast, isn't it, until you come to a sudden stop. You know, you can go 125, 120 miles in a hot rod, but if you come to a sudden stop, the fun's all over. And, you know, anybody, like a concussion, that's really big in football these days. And I think I've had multi, that's part of what's wrong with me. You know, when I was a kid, we had those little helmets. They would make us butt heads. I've had several, I know I have. I got my bell rung, I saw stars, all kinds of stuff. But a lot of people get shocked. You know, in martial arts, if, if an expert can hit somebody and it'll penetrate and attack an organ. And it's a vibration that penetrates through the surface and then it resounds at a certain place. And it's a, it's a shock wave. And this is what sounds do to people. You know, what changed my life? Uh, there was just some man up there preaching a black book. I really can't explain it, why it happened or how. That's all it was. The sound went out, and it changed my life. And the word was nigh me in my mouth, and all I had to do was believe and then call on him, and it changes me more like Christ every time I'm around it. I don't understand it, can't explain it. The line has gone out. The sound is still there. So I mentioned this uh, just briefly last time. There's three basic types of uh, instruments. One is percussion. That means it is hit and it resonates like a drum. You know, you hit boom, boom, and it resonates. The second is a stringed instrument, which the string is tightened, and then it is plucked or strung, and that makes a vibration. It moves the sound waves, which goes out, and it compresses and expands, and all of these have the nature of what? Elasticity. It's not rigid at all. And then the last is wind instruments like a flute or a reed instrument in which, you know, there's air blown into the instrument, but all three of these greatly affect the human body. Now, here's why. These three instruments and their nature pertain to the human body made in the image of God. So, how do we breathe? What is it? Air. Air. What does that relate to? The reed instruments of the wind, like the flute. Uh, our heartbeat is percussion. Boom, boom. You know, you go boom, boom, then it goes down to nothing. Is that the electro? 
Cardia, the thing I don't want to be around. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. That's percussion, just like hitting. And then you have our neurological system, which is like a string being plucked, and it's based on vibrations. And so our whole body is based on the function of it, the organs, percussion, their neurological system, vibration, and our breath in which we intake oxygen so that the uh, lungs can fill, the heart can beat, the kidneys can function, is based on the air movement. And so when you have any sound, it could be good or bad. It could be righteous or evil in the spirit of it. And the nature could be according to the natural laws or it could be utter chaos. And this is what's happening uh, all around the world with uh, riots and vandalism, uh, violence. And then you can have the spirit. You can have the Holy Spirit or you could have an evil spirit. And there's many other factors. You have the melody, the rhythm, the tempo, all these things. And then the worst is when you amplify it or distort it with technological um, machines that distort the, like a uh, guitar amplifier, and it distorts it or it amplifies it and uh, makes it louder. So, what are we reading Titus 2.11? The grace of God hath appeared to every man. And you say, how did they get it in New Guinea? How did they hear it in uh, out back of Australia? The Bible said the line has gone out. And the Bible says the sound has gone out and the word has gone out and it's elastic and it's there and I go back in conclusion to what Paul said in his sermon on Mars Hill he said God is not far from us if we would but feel after him feel after him and when you study that word it's like you're on vacation you're in a hotel room you're tired you drove for 12 hours and you forgot to turn on the nightlight, and you and you go into a deep sleep, and you forgot the layout uh, of the hotel room, and there's and you're in the dark, and you left your suitcase out there, and you kick it with your big toe, and then you just try. Where's that light switch? You know, and, and people think the bathroom's over there, and they go that way. And, the, and they'll spend a long time looking for the switch when it was on this wall. God's right there, if you'll feel after Him. He's, the sound has gone out. If you have faith, how do you get it? By the hearing of the Word of God. Amen. But it says, well, they haven't heard. He says, oh, yes, they have. They are, they are without excuse. They are not ignorant. They have their opportunity. The line's out there. If they will believe and call, and that's what it means. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I like what uh, Mary said the other night. Isn't it interesting you have to call to make a vibration to be saved? 
If you won't say it with your mouth, you don't really believe. That's why Jesus said, if, you, if thou shalt confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you will deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father in heaven. If you will not confess that you believe, you don't believe. But you've got to believe first, then call. And sad to say, a lot of people forget the believing and just tell people to call. And I think we ought to be telling people, you need to believe. Now, what do you need to do about it? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. All right, let's stand.